Let's get ready to rumble! Hello and welcome to Netflix vs. Cinema, the podcast that goes to the cinema, sees a couple of films, stays at home, watches a couple of things, rates them all out of five, and then sees where has the money been better spent this week. My name is Tosin and I am the host. I am based up somewhere in the middle of the country, in a place called Bromsgrove, just outside Birmingham. And joining me, as always, on the Isle of Wight is Sharon Bolland. Hello. And Sean Harris. Hello there. Yes. Um, well, well. thank you for joining. Uh, let's just jump straight into it. Let's jump straight into it. Uh, uh, how are you guys doing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're doing fine. All that kind of stuff. Pleasantries out of the way. <laughs> let's go to what we have on the table this week that we are bringing from the cinema to watch, to talk about. Well, we went to the secret screening at our local cinema on the Isle of Wight, yes. and we both saw one film together, which was called... Is it Next Goal Wins? Next Goal Wins. Next Goal Wins. Next Goal Wins. Yeah. That's yeah, Ta- that. Taika Waititi's new film, which yeah. um, which has been brewing for a long time. They've been talking about this film for about two years. And I have a, I have a theory as to why it is now they've decided to release this film. <laughs> but anyway, and uh, Sean, how about you? What else have you seen? Okay, at the cinema, yeah, I went to see Thanksgiving. Which which we saw from last week. Um, yeah, but apart we from that, last week, yeah, yeah, and um, uh, apart from that, I've been watching quite a lot of stuff on YouTube and the right. fo- and the football. Um, all right, yeah, a lot. Yeah, so. we're, we're getting close to Christmas, and you know that we're yeah. getting close to Christmas because all of a sudden there's all these midweek games. Yeah, just start popping up out of nowhere. That you're like, <laughs> you're like, wait, hang on a second, didn't they just play last? What? 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 All of a sudden, why do we have? A... And then most people just go, well, we got midweek football. We're not going to argue. <laughs> and just watch it. I'm always kind of like, hang on, wait, where did this come from? All right, <laughs> cool. So yeah, so that's a lot of stuff. And I have seen Wish. So that is, this is Disney. Disney's 100-year anniversary movie, Wish, in uh, the cinemas. Saw that this afternoon. And we and then if we go over to um, Netflix and Friends and all that, I also saw, I've had a very, very animation-heavy week. Sharon, you're going to love it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I saw Scott Pilgrim Takes Off, um, which is, uh, it, it, essentially, if you hear the word Scott Pilgrim as film buffs, you probably will remember Scott Pilgrim versus the world. This is Scott Pilgrim takes office in that world. I'll say that and I'll say the rest when I review it. And um, let's see, Sharon, what, what did you see at home? Yeah, I've seen, I finished off watching the first season because I think there's two. The first season of a series called Joe Pickett on Paramount Plus. All right. Okay, cool. Joe Pickett. Up. And, and Sean, how about you? Yeah, well, as I say, I've been watching um, quite a lot of YouTube. Um, so apart from one or the other, but the, the thing that I watched. A uh, few of there's this little channel called Armored Carriers, and they've got okay. this. They got this this uh, test pilot that went through the, the all through the war, and um, and post war and flew probably the majority of planes that we know about. And what was really really interesting, there's a, there was a few surprises in there. So, all right, quite, cool. quite good really. All right, good. So so we have that. Sean is taking us into a bold new world <laughs> of finding random things on YouTube. We're, we're testing it out this week, and we're going to see yeah. if, we, if we just find things that are made on YouTube and see what happens with that. All right, cool. So let's kick off. Let us kick off, and let us kick off with Thanksgiving, because it's been waiting patiently for a week for us to talk about it. And Sean, talk to us about Thanksgiving, because the headlines that I've seen from this is that it's Eli Roth, who it's is Eli like Roth. a horror head. Who's yeah. done things like he does the hostile movies? He showed up in Inglorious Bastards, but we he, we know this man likes blood. He likes gore. He likes, likes killing young people in inventive mm. ways. Um, so tell us about this. 
Okay, so this film, this was originally, this was um, when Tarantino did the great, did the Grindhouse films, uh, Planet Terror and Death yes. Proof. Yes. In the middle, there was like coming attractions with these really grainy, cheesy movies like Werewolf Women of the SS and, you know, <laughs> Hobo with a Shotgun and things, and Machete. So there are yes. all these little trailers. Anyway, so, and this, there was this other trailer by Eli Roth called Thanksgiving, which is like a horror film. Welcome back to Thanksgiving, you know, and there's some some incident in it so this is, is this is that film this is so it's the the film's called thank is giving based on the grindhouse trailer so they made uh, the trailer and they eventually years later they go let's actually make that a film yeah let's actually make that a film because they did it with machete which uh you know yes, so, the, but the, but what i what, what i really liked about the grindhouse features was they had all the crackly you know and the lines down the, all the old films that was like yep, a proper, yep, yep. proper proper cheesy feature in fact, I'm surprised. I don't know if there's uh, be a Simon Pegg one called Don't. There was a trailer on for Don't. There, Don't. there, was, a, there was a trailer Don't. done by Edgar Wright called Don't. Oh, well, that was Edgar Wright. That's Edgar yeah, Wright. Edgar yeah, Wright sorry, did that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. In the trailer That's called right. Don't, which I don't think they're ever planning to make. Because no, I'm no, not no, sure. I so. I'm not sure they'd be able to. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't think they were, I think that was designed to be a trailer. It wasn't designed to... I don't, because in the trailer, there's no storyline. There's nothing no, no, there. No, it's, just, it. it's just a whole bunch of things. with someone if, going, Don't. If you, yeah, don't. if you want to go into this house, don't. If you want to go into the cellar, don't. Anyway. Anyway, we're back to this one. So yeah, so it's yeah. based on one of those, uh, one of those movies. So um, I went with John to see this. Our friend, Happy John. Happy uh, John. Went, Happy John. He's, he's, he is, he's becoming a regular feature on this. He is because he's a horror con connoisseur. I'll have to oh, have yeah. him. Up, I'll have to have him up one night. He, he likes all his horror flicks. So Sharon knows. Sharon knows Happy John. So this yeah. is this is Thanksgiving. Basically, it starts off. There's a a Black Friday sale. So this is like a Black Friday sale, and there's loads and loads of people waiting outside waiting to get into this black friday sale in this big supermarket well there's a bunch of teenagers there's always a bunch of teenagers in slasher picks and um <laughs> that one one of the teenagers dad owns a store so so they let them in through the through the side through one of the side doors and the people in the um the people in the crowd get really cheesed off with this and there's a couple of only two security guards so they sort of rush the store and they break into the store and there's havoc and people get hurt and killed and injured and all sorts of stuff like that and then it all flicks to one year later so all that's out of the way and they're talking about having another uh, uh black friday sale in the supermarket and it's like so they're talking about don't you know whatever you do don't do it and then there's there's a few a few sort of murders that happen um quite gruesome they're killed in quite gruesome there's lots of uh as you can imagine, with Eli Roth and Hostel. And well, yeah, is, Eli, is Eli Roth that if he doesn't a, do anything else, he does gruesome. He does gruesome, yeah. So and then so they decide that they're going to try and trap this killer. So they're going to hide some people in the parade, but it all goes wrong in the Thanksgiving parade. But it all goes wrong. So yeah, excuse me. A lot of um, a lot of uh, a lot of deaths, a lot of <laughs> lot of gore, a lot of blood. Uh, but what was really interesting was I didn't realize. So I'm not going to give away the thing, but. It took me a while. Normally, I'm quite good at figuring out who's, you know, who's doing the the killings. Yep. Who's, but, um, who? who's who? But uh, sort of a little way through the film, I said, "Oh, I think it's this person," and John said, "No, it's that person." And um, John was right. So, uh, <laughs> so yeah, that's, that's all I can say. And he explained to me why why he was right. So obviously, it's like the the screen films. There's obviously a theme that that, that I don't know about. Although yes. I watch slasher pictures, there's obviously yeah. a theme like Scream. What? So he. he that was uh, that was quite interesting. Who, who the final girl is going to be? All yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I did get that one wrong this time, and but it was just funny. I said, "Oh, I bet, I bet that character's 
he goes no it's, it's that character <laughs> it was just funny how we, how, we, how we spoke like that anyway i, 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 just, yeah. I just have this image now with john looking at you and rolling his eyes and being like oh noob <laughs> a newbie Not know the rules of these films <laughs> that's it that's it there are rules but yeah there must be obviously um but i didn't see that one so uh but so here we go anyway yeah so the film itself that's basically the story it's basically a slasher pick like most slasher picks with teenagers and people getting killed in rather gruesome ways yeah. and there is actually i mean one of the scenes as it's thanksgiving is let's just say there's a, a cooker involved in food and the table set up and things and sort of people all set up on in on a thanksgiving table with some of the food which uh, might be you know not, not quite the food you're thinking of but anyway, oh, okay. all right. So, all right. So, 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 oh, so this is the thing. Obviously, it's it's as we, as you said, it's it's Eli Roth is the, and this film always just seemed to me like it was just going to be a, it was going to be slasher movie, just but it's, the difference is that it's set at Thanksgiving. I think in the run up to it, I think Eli Roth even said he said something along the lines of, oh, that you know every holiday has its own horror movie, and Thanksgiving is the only one that hasn't <laughs> that hasn't had. Like yeah. you know, a Black Christmas or something like that. As, Black as Christmas, had, Halloween, as yeah. Something. So he was like, "Oh, we we." That, so in my head, I was thinking, this is just going to be your usual horror movie slasher flick thing. Only difference is that it's Thanksgiving, and the guy who does the killing might be dressed like a pilgrim or something like that. Yeah. And so oh, is is that's You've nailed it. You've made it. We yeah, so, so I was wondering, is there anything yeah. else in this film that is anything other than that? not really not really no okay. no nothing you say and and uh, you know there's a few comedic moments the thing what i liked about it was it knew what it was and it didn't take itself too seriously okay. um and some of the some of the deaths were quite quite interesting and well done although you know it's um yeah so it was pretty standard fare really you know all these things happened and then obviously you you do find out who the, the, the killer is but yep. there's something that happens where you don't know if the killer's still about or whether so it's, uh, it's like left uh, so so, uh, so it's not one of those like they can't uh, they can't or you know or it must have been destroyed or incinerated or uh, things something uh, like that <laughs> uh, <laughs> so yeah so so who knows so yeah well, uh, i'll tell i'll tell you who knows eli roth knows eli roth knows i heard that already they've already they've already commissioned the thanksgiving two so oh, thanksgiving two has so so get ready we're going to be getting one of these every year <laughs> until people stop watching them or until they shoot a car into space that <laughs> that's it that's it <laughs> and then people I, stop watching i think I, th I think what it is is they probably cheap to make and they make they make quite a lot of money because i should imagine they're sort of fairly cheapish budget wise well horror movies horror movies are notoriously are known for that like there's mm -hmm. a lot of people who a lot of sort of well-known movie makers who got their start in horror because mm. somebody would give them the money to try something out in horror because it's cheap to make. So if you look at like uh, Jordan Peele with like Get Out, or even if you look at Blumhouse, like you know the guys who did The Conjuring, Annabelle, Megan, yeah. all the those films, they they are not expensive by modern day no, standards, no, no, but no. but they figured out a way in which that if we do this and do this and do this, we can make a lot more money than we spend on it. Yeah. So I mean, I think fair play to them. Um, I tend not to watch them, although I did watch Megan the other day. And it's, I, I think I would argue even if that's even a horror movie. <laughs> no, I don't think it is. I don't think that is. Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah. Uh, so anyway, so how many stars would you give Thanksgiving? Um, well, this is surprising for me because normally I'm I'm very discerning when it comes to your slasher picks. But this was this was quite reasonable. I didn't didn't dislike it. I didn't. I knew what to expect. I knew that. So it's it's a solid three. Solid three star for this one. All right. 
Cool, good stuff. And now we go over to Netflix and Friends. And the first offering from Netflix and Friends this week is Joe Pickett. From that, well, I think of it as the graveyard of a streaming service, which is Paramount Plus, because I have never seen anything on Paramount Plus. <laughs> <laughs> and I, each time, like, I know, I know, Sharon, you have Paramount Plus. You had it for a while, yeah. I think, with your Sky, with your Sky thing. And each yeah, time we got it for up... free, and we started to keep going with it because between us, we there's there's enough on there for us to keep going. Well, actually, we'll watch this season, and then there's something else comes on. Oh, well, actually, we'll watch that. So yeah, we've actually kept going with it beyond oh, the right. free trial. Uh... That's good because each time you come up with something and you say, oh, yeah, we saw this on Paramount Plus, I'm like, what? Oh, yeah! <laughs> that exists! I totally forgot about that! So tell us about Joe Pickett. Joe Pickett, yeah, it's based on a very well, well, amongst certain circles, a very well-known series of books. Um, the, the Joe Pickett is a star of these books written by a guy called C.J. Fox, and there's 25 of them, good and they Lord. have been going for a long time. They have been 15, 20 years probably, these books have been written. And Joe Pickett, at the start of the books, I've only read the first four because um, I've only just discovered them quite recently myself. Um, he is a game warden in Wyoming, in rural Wyoming. And this is like a one-horse town, basically, where he has got hundreds and hundreds of square miles of, like, the Bighorn Mountains where he patrols. And he lives at the edge of this, this small town where and one day he um there's a series of events and basically what it culminates in one morning he goes out of his house and he finds someone dead on his woodpile and this man has been shot with an arrow and he was carrying a cooler box what he would normally carry like your pack lunching yeah, but yeah, it's yeah. Empty. and in the bottom of this cooler box there's some animal droppings and that's it and from there he has to start. He has to work out what on earth is going on, and there are these seemingly unconnected events. Like in the mountains, a group of um, hunters have been shot in their in their base camp, and they don't understand why. And so there's all these seemingly random things that come. And and uh, Joe Pickett, his job as a game warden in Wyoming is basically to make sure that people have their fishing licenses, their hunting licenses. And when they go fishing, they don't take more than like three or six fish out of the river. And yeah. if they're hunting for food, they don't take more than, you know, what their license is like. So they can take and shoot a deer or an elk or whatever, and they can take it away and they can harvest it for meat. But they don't do trophy hunting. They literally hunt for food. Yeah. And so he is his job is not normally to investigate murders. His normally is about rural crime. And so suddenly he has become, his, because it's like this guy has died on his doorstep, and he'd had a run-in with this guy. It's him. He basically ends up investigating and finding out what it is about what has gone on um, to to have this guy. Who, he doesn't live in the middle of town. He lives at the edge of town. This guy came to him with an arrow through his chest, and then he died on, basically on his doorstep. So he yeah. wants to work out why this man came to him, what was in the carrier, and you know who shot him. And then you get various different red herrings and various different strands. So at the heart of it, it is like a whodunit. Yeah. And, but then it sort of takes you into a different setting. This is rural Wyoming, a part of the country. I've never been to America, so I don't know it. Um, but it is one of those big square states right up at the top. <laughs> at the top <laughs> bit. <laughs> and they're all the ones that are the, all the straight lines that seem to be in straight lines. The straight yes, so, yes, yes, yes. And yep. it's just like, so you ignore mountains and rivers and natural phenomena. You just go, we'll go from there to there. 
as our boundary. <laughs> but an interesting um, estate. Yeah, but other than it being rural and it having like the Shoshone and the Cheyenne up there, that's all I know about Wyoming, basically. Yes. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, this so this is a complete for me as a sort of someone from southern rural Britain. I know nothing about this world or this culture. And so it was an interesting sort of slice of life into something I probably would never, ever encounter. All right. Well, cool. And so, it's interesting who done it. So, yeah. Okay. So, yeah, obviously you have the who done it and then you have the setting and everything like that. So that's the yeah. setting. <laughs> the who done it element of it. What did you think about that? How did that get you? How did that get you? I thought they did it very well. I mean, I was slightly, had a slight advantage because. I've only read the first four, and this was based on a couple of the first books. So, oh, so you have, you, have less... actually read, you have actually read the books? I've read four of them. I've only read okay. the first four. And this the first series was based on the first three books. They, they take elements out of different stories. So okay. even though I knew broadly what was happening, because they'd mixed and matched some of the books, I was thinking, well, actually, that character doesn't isn't in that story. So they had mixed it up a bit. So it was, an, it was interesting and different enough for someone who'd read the books to go, well, actually, I don't really know what's going on here. And so, but no, I found it, it was, yeah, I found it interesting. I liked it. Um, yeah, and, and, you're, I, and, you're, I, and you're carrying on with season two. Yes, I'm going to watch season two and I'm going to carry on reading probably a few more of the books. And because I think what the thing about Joe Pickett, the fact that he's a game warden is interesting, but the fact that he, in some ways, he's like an everyman. He is like, he's not the biggest guy. He's not ex-military forces. He's not a special agent. He's not, a secret, you know, ninja. He is like a, a family man. He's, he's happily married. Ninja. He's got children. He has got, you know, he hasn't got a particular. Sex. He, he, he's he, like, he he's good at what he does. Yeah, he, he he is not Jack Reacher essentially. He's, he's not, not Jack, Jack Reacher. Reacher. No, he's not like he's sort of like five foot nine, five ten. He's quite. Mm. He's not the most muscular guy in the world. He is not very good at shooting. I mean, in the books, he's known for the fact that he can't hit anything, so they gave him a shotgun because it's the only thing he can hit anything with because <laughs> they give him a fire, a small arm, and he just can't hit anything. Okay. So oh. he's not like dead eye. He's not a dead shot. So he's like, he's an ordinary guy, but he's suddenly thrust into these extraordinary circumstances. Oh, I've just looked up the cast of Joe, of Joe Wick. Uh, is Joe Wicket, right? No, Joe Pickett. Sorry, Joe Pickett, it. yeah. Yeah, and... and... Uh, I recognize nobody. Okay, there's two no, people I, I recognize. I recognize yeah. David Alan Greer and Paul Sparks because he was in House of Cards. But apart from yeah. that, I'm like, uh, uh, this, this, oh, I'm, I'm so intrigued now because I, 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 essentially Paramount Plus, I don't understand what their strategy is <laughs> or what it is you go to that, when you go to that streaming platform for. And I think because when you were talking about the number of books and everything like that, it sounds to me like it could be like when they had Reacher was doing Amazon, they were like, oh, we could do that too. Let's go find a series of books that are not as well known as that and cast people that don't work. But anyway, let's see. So how, so how many stars do you give it? Yes, yeah, I enjoyed it. So I'd definitely give it a three star. Sure. Um, but yeah, so I enjoyed it. I think it's accessible enough for people who don't have to have read the books. My brother's watched it and enjoyed it. And he's gone on and finished all of season two before I even got halfway through season one. <laughs> So he watched all of them. So he enjoyed it, and he had he doesn't read, but he does read, but he doesn't read that sort of book. So yeah, and I thought it was accessible, it was enjoyable. Yeah, it's a good watch. So I give it a, certainly a, a solid three. Cool, a solid three for Joe Pickett. And now we go back to cinema, and we are going to talk, or I am going to talk about Wish. So a hundred years ago, <laughs> I think a hundred years. Actually, this is the thing. It's Walt Disney Studios who started it. It might actually be 100 years ago that Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs was made. Ooh. It might actually be that. that and, um, and was it? Yeah. 
was it was 38 wasn't it snow white was it okay well until oh, okay i think, I think it's 100 years of walt disney studios okay. it's 100 years of walt disney, walt disney studios, studios. Yeah. Willy, was that the first one or something hmm Steamboat Willie, Steamboat, actually, Steamboat, I, actually, I don't know. But anyway, 100 years. This year, Disney are doing a whole big 100-year thing. And this film, they've, they've designed to be the 100-year celebration of Disney. So it's set up, a, a, it's, a, and it has a lot of the things that you expect from a Disney story. It, the thing kicks off, and when it kicks off, you have a, it has a storybook. And then the storybook flips open. And then you hear somebody's voice reading the story from the, that, that's written in, in the storybook and everything like that. And you hear about this guy who experienced tragedy in his life. And then he goes around the world and he learns a whole bunch of magic. So he becomes the most powerful sorcerer in the world. And he calls himself Magnifico. Goes somewhere and he sets up this kingdom called Rosas. And when he sets up this kingdom called Rosas, a lot of people start coming to this kingdom. They come to this kingdom because they hear he's there. And they want to see what he owns. And they want to be part of what he, what he, what he built. So it it gets it built it starts from him just setting up this small thing to building a whole kingdom, quite frankly. And the way this kingdom works is that uh, everybody when they turn eighteen, they give their their wish, and it, they, it's not just like any wish. It's not just like oh, I would like you know a cake for my birthday. It's like the the wish they call it their heart wish that the driving force thing they want most in life. They give it to him for safekeeping, and so he takes this wish and he says, "Don't worry, I'll keep up this wish." And then every now and then he grants a wish of of somebody in the kingdom and the the push of the story comes when you meet asha and she's a she's a, a young woman who is wants to be the king's apprentice because the king the, chooses an apprentice every year so like you get uh you get a sorcerer choosing an apprentice does this sound familiar from disney's back mm, catalog yeah, yeah, yeah. i yeah. just figured that out right now <laughs> it, it did not occur to me while i was watching the film they were watching the film about someone trying to become a sorcerer's apprentice it did not it did not occur to me but there's things like that and it's the kind of film where i think that there's probably a lot of easter eggs put in there that relates to it some of them are really obvious that some of them are really like there's there's um there's like there's like somebody's wishes that he wants to never grow old and fly and, his, and, and there's somebody else who wants whose wish is that they want a, a perfect nanny to look after their children that, that kind of thing so like there's all these other things that they, they put in there to it and Asher tries to become the, the king's uh, apprentice or the sorcerer's apprentice and she finds out that he takes these wishes from people but most of them he never actually grants and he has no intention of ever granting some of these wishes including her grandfather who has just turned a hundred uh, yeah, her grandfather who's turned 100 and he's never had his wish granted and she uh, and she finds out that he's never going to get his wish granted but king is, has decided that that wish is not going to be good for the rest of people and he's the only one who gets to decide that so it becomes this whole thing about she's thinking this isn't fair and she goes up and then she wishes upon a star and you wish <laughs> upon a star yeah she wishes upon a star there's a song about that yeah, yes. there's a song about that yeah there's a, there's a whole thing about that the disney overture that you hear before every Disney film is yeah. when you wish when upon you a wish star. Upon yeah. star. <laughs> <laughs> when you wish upon a star. So she wishes upon a star. The star, c- and then magically, this star comes down. It comes down and becomes like you know her sidekick, and she and she realizes that look, there is other magic in this kingdom beside the king. And so she decides it's time to change everything. We have to release all these wishes, all that kind of stuff. Meanwhile, the king is like, wait a second. There's another. There's another source of magic. Somebody's done some magic. I don't like this. You're messing this thing up. I need to control everything. I need to grab it. So it becomes this race between um, Asher trying to free all the wishes and the king trying to keep the status quo, keep everything exactly the way it is. And one of the things that uh, when when I go back home after watching the film, I was a house the film. I was like, oh, I quite I actually quite liked it. This film has received a lot of flack for oh, it's unoriginal or anything like that. And I think part of it is 
it's treading this line between being totally unoriginal because it's Disney and it's supposed to be celebrating everything you've had over the last hundred years of Disney. It's treading that line between we have to be unoriginal because we have to refer everything like, but also pushing it forward. I think it looks amazing. I love the art style in this because the backgrounds look like watercolors. The foregrounds look like there's this weird mix where it looks like it could be it could be it looks like it's hand drawn and then. You know, they gave it to Chat GPT, who made it a little bit 3D and made it a little bit CGI. And at the beginning, I just think it looks it looks amazing. It looks great. It looks different from a lot of the other Disney things that you've got. And um, and and the storyline, I think it it is that because Disney recently has gone away from your traditional bad guy, like you know, bad evil cackling guy who's sort of like, no, I will take everything. They've gone away from that. But this one, they, I think they, they very obviously made him a cackling bad guy. Uh-huh. Even, though even though they've given him like a reason to be a cackling bad guy, they very, <laughs> they very much made him that. So, uh, and I, and also, oh yeah, the thing I was going to say, my wife asked me about it and I was like, it's 90 minutes long. It's 90 minutes long. And in today's day and age, if there's a film that's 90 minutes, it could be the worst film in the world. It will still get an extra star from me because it's 90 <laughs> minutes long. Minutes long yeah. <laughs> so uh, and, and there's all these different things that they do. There's, there's bits where, so um, Asha, as a, as a, well, she's not really, she's not a princess. She's just someone, uh, she's just a normal person in this kingdom. And you have, um, she, you have your, your usual sidekick. There's, they, they come up with like a talking goat sidekick who's actually quite funny, called Valentino. And she has these seven people who help her out. Seven people who help her out. And if you look at... And this is something that I had heard about it beforehand. Yeah, I know. I know there's seven people who... Are, and each one of them has, like, you know, a particular character trait. There's one of them that when you meet him, he's asleep. There's one of them when you first meet him in the kitchen, he starts sneezing. There's, another, <laughs> there's one of them that has glasses, wears red, and is the smart one. There's one of them who's always, like, you know, really happy and everything with everything. That, that kind of stuff yeah. I, I was because I was the only person in the in the screening that I went to see so I actually picked up a picture and I was there's all these subtle hints where yeah. where they are dressed like the colors and the hints and everything like that are exactly the same as the seven dwarfs and I thought that that was actually a very subtle one because I know there's people who watched it and haven't realized that's what they're yeah. doing and if somebody hadn't told me I might not have realized it but there's even things like some of the characters the character design of some of people in this film the one of the one of them who is called, uh, he, I remember his name begins with a D because the dwarf that he's based on is being, begins with a D and he is quite stupid, uh, but he looks very much. The character design is exactly the same as a character called Fred in the Disney film Big Hero Six. It is it's down to the ears, everything like that. Yeah. I was like, so you can see that they're doing a lot of things and they're sort of celebrating the fact that they've done a lot of stuff in Disney. It is oh quite a good storyline. I think that there is. That is, that, that I think it's a very good mix of traditional Disney and also going forward to say, well, we have to say something about the world that we live in now because the the whole thing about about come come stay here. People want to come stay in Rosas because it's a safe place. Magnifico has made it clean and everything like that. But he's like, but it's like, give me a bit of your soul and then you can live here in this utopia. And it just felt very sort of like social media to me. Like, you know, when people say, when people, people say, oh, you get all this stuff on social media, but what do you give up for it? Like, how much of it do you give up? How much of a life have we given up for that? And it felt very much like that. There is, um, that, that, and I like this film. I like this film a lot. I don't understand why it's getting a lot of the hate that it's getting. I know you're never going to watch it, Sharon, because it's animated, unless, yeah. <laughs> unless a young child drags you along. But I think it's, 
there there are enough things in it that make you think oh yeah i remember that about disney yes disney has done some great stuff as long as as much as they are this big massive capitalist organization that makes me despair sometimes because of the way they do things there are still things that they have done that make you smile and i liked this i liked this a lot i thought some of the songs were actually quite good i thought chris pine who voices magnifico pretty good okay. pretty, yeah pretty good pretty good singing voice uh, Asher is voiced by Ariana DeBose, who you would know from winning an Oscar for Steven Spielberg's Sharon West Side Story. Yes, yes, yeah, she was. She, she is, um, and uh, and so obviously you know she can sing, so it, it's quite good. I mean, um, I the I have one problem I have with it is the typical thing you know in musicals, the best kind of musicals when you have a song, it moves somewhere, it moves yeah. somewhere, and like tells a story. Like, yeah, and there is a song in this where people have said it's the best song in the film. but And it is a good song. But my problem with it is when they finish singing the song, they are in exactly the same place that they were when they started singing the song. And nothing has moved on. <laughs> the story hasn't moved anywhere. They're in exactly the same place. That song was pretty much inconsequential. And I was, I, that, that annoyed me. That annoyed me. But all in all, I would give Wish a three out of five. I think it's good. I think... It is. I think Disney have done enough to deserve talking about themselves and making something to sort of like pat themselves on the back. And I think this is it. And I think that's what it does. And I think it does it well. So three out of five for me for Wish. Right. And now we go over to Netflix and Friends. And this is the first uh, YouTube. We're going to be YouTube. Sean has found himself a nice channel on YouTube and he found a documentary. How long is this documentary? Um, it's, it, yeah, it's about forty-five minutes. Well, there's, okay. t- there's a couple of there's a couple of um, a couple of the same uh, on the same channel. So it's yep. it's like him. So, but basically, it's it's the story is about this Errol Winkle Brown and and the first first one I watched was about his um, his it, well his life story really. He was saying how he yes. started off and he got like like joined. So when he was young, when he was about. When he was about fifteen, he went to Germany because his father was 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 in an and um, he went to Germany. He went to Germany, so at the post-war Germany, nineteen thirty-six, to see the Olympics and what have you. And and they met a famous German, I think his Udetta's name was a proper German Luftwaffe pilot. who said, "Come on, young man, I'm going to take you for a ride in the plane." He said, and he took him up and turned upside down and did all sorts of things. And he got he, he stayed behind. He stayed behind in Germany when the war broke out. Oh wow! Um, so and then he said that. He didn't know what was going to happen to him. He had this car, so he would have been about 17 then. And um, they just come one day and said, "Look, we're gonna, we're gonna, you, you, we're at war with your country. We're gonna have to take you." And they took him to Switzerland, and from Switzerland he went. He got back to, to. He was lucky to get out, but he, and he went back to, and he joined the auxiliary air force. And then, um, an aircraft carrier got sunk, so they needed uh, pilots. So he transferred to the fleet air arm. And they made this escort carrier ship for the convoys, which was just a cargo ship, and they basically sliced it in half and put a. And he, he said a lot of a lot of pilots couldn't couldn't actually land on this because it was such a small deck. So yeah. but he could. So he, he said I'd never landed on an aircraft carrier before, so I didn't know the difference. So, and then from there gradually increased, and he got better. And they said, "Oh, would you?" And and he gradually moved up and flew flew all these aircraft and. He just so so all through the war, basically, he worked himself up. He became, you know, worked himself up, and and he went to different countries. So he went to America. He flew, he flew practically every plane. He said he was really really lucky because obviously he was over here. Um, and it, the people. So basically, he, he 
flew every practically every plane and he had to teach american american pilots how to land aircraft carriers it's his whole life story so i, I won't say much more than that yeah. and then after the war post-war he went to see they said he could have an hour's interview with goering and he had an interview with goering and explains all this and i mean what a life this dude has had you know he, he went to america he flew and uh, post-war he was uh, he basically was one of the few they said the Soviet, so in the Soviet sector in Berlin, they said, because obviously the, the Russians didn't want him to, you know, they, they, it wasn't quite the Cold War, it was still, so he managed to get into Russia and he flew a lot of like the Sturmoviches and and, and, there were, and and there's comments he makes on the Russian planes compared to the Allied planes is is what, what you would think anyway, you know, like he said, he was saying you could run your, run your hand along like a Spitfire and you wouldn't feel anything. You run your hand along a Sturmovich and you'd sort of feel every rivet and every bump. You wonder what was going <laughs> to But So anyway, so that was the first one. That was the story of his, his life. And then I watched two others. So there was one about the post. So are they, are they all about Eric Winkle Brown? Yeah, basically he's narrating the stories. He's narrating, he, oh, so, uh, so, so it's, it's almost like a three-part documentary about Eric Winkle. No, 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 no. It's just, it's just like, um, just like, I mean, some of it repeats itself. So I guess it's just that he must have he must have spoken. I haven't done too much too much investigation because yeah, yeah, yeah. because I don't really know. But it's it's basically him talking, and then they show old pictures of uh, of, of you know the planes. And then there was this other one which he, he rates his best and worst aircraft, which which I really really like. And this is the one, Sharon. What was the what was the most famous German single engine fighter in World War Two? Heinkel? Not a Heinkel, no. It was a, it was a Messerschmitt BF 109. Messerschmitt, sorry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, okay. So for anybody who doesn't know and listen to us for the first time, you're talking to two World War Two, <laughs> you're, or you're listening to two World War Two buffs now, <laughs> going over their stuff. All right, Carl, carry on. But, so yeah, the, well, what I do rather than, than bore people with, with that type of stuff is I, what, what we do is just say that if you're interested in aircraft, or if you're interested in that period of history, or if you're interested in war stories from people that are really really interesting and you know i've got i've got something to say then you're going to love this because i mean it was just one of those random things i was on youtube and i just thought oh that looks quite interesting um about aircraft carriers landing air short deck aircraft carriers and i watched it and you know like when something hooks you yeah because normally if you're watching youtube you can sort of dip in and i mean what i do normally with youtube is i might be doing something else but just have youtube on but that actually, that actually, um, that, yeah, excuse me. There. It, it, it actually, so it, it actually yeah. gripped you. It actually gripped you and made you so like pay attention. Yeah, actually, it grabbed me. It grabbed me and um, uh, yeah, to, to, so, uh, yeah, cool. So I was just going to ask, what's the name of the of the channel again? Okay, it's Armored Carriers. Armored, Armored carriers. carriers, yeah, and and do they just do uh, what's a World War Two that, that yeah. is, like vehicles and stuff? Yeah, vehicles, tanks, every. I mean, the thing is, there's such a plethora of stuff on. I mean, some of the channels I watch now is Mark Fountain Productions. I, you know, if you, if you're interested in a particular, I guess it must be my ADHD is that I'll be something <laughs> and I'll really focus on it for for maybe two weeks or something like that. And I think, oh yeah, boom, boom, boom. Aircraft, 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 mm -mm, Waterloo, mm -mm, mm -mm, <laughs> uh, you know, maybe other stuff, maybe some, you know, movie stuff, Eddie Howe, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know what I mean? So, so yeah, this yeah. particular thing, I was, um, I was, uh, I was quite intrigued with, with this. So, so this sort of grabbed me, but you can, I mean, this is our first YouTube review, I know. And 
I guess if people want to then go on YouTube and find information and There's stuff a huge about anything they want to come on there, isn't there? Yeah, it's huge. Yeah. You know, if you wanted to find out about the war of Jacob's ear, there's like yeah, including including us, including us on YouTube. If you wanted to, we are on YouTube. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. We're on YouTube people, too, of course. He <laughs> wanted to listen to a couple of people talk about like you know films that they've seen recently and whether Netflix cinema is winning. You can find that on there as well. But no, what you said that that is actually quite an intriguing story about about someone who managed to go through that because I always find I'll tell you the thing I always find about um, us growing up in Nigeria when you heard about World War Two and anything like that. In your head, that's just what Germany always was. So Germany was always this nation that was at war with the rest of the world, and that that was that's that was the story that you heard. Germany equals evil. That's all you heard. And the but the and it's not until you grow older that you think, hang on, but there must have been a Germany before the war. There must have been like you know relationships with people before the war. There must have been people in Germany who lived in other places and uh, and so and so when you hear a story like this about somebody who was actually in Germany when the war broke out and how that went then I, I like hearing those sort of things and the fact that he traversed all that it sounds like an in, absolutely intriguing life yeah. so how many how you know, many stars would you give Eric Winkle well, Brown's well I'd, I'd probably the stories these these particularly if if I mean if you're not interested in it then perhaps you wouldn't but for someone who's really interested in this I would say this is a four star and I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure Sharon would like this sort of thing. I know she's more naval than than aircraft, but I'm well, quite I've, sure she'd I've, like. I cover all aspects of. Yeah, I know. So, so, so yeah. So, so I'm going to give this one a four star. And I think I think there's so much stuff on YouTube that if you know that you can sort of dip and delve. And I mean, so yep. and, yeah, and I guess it's a it's a free platform if you want to accept the ads, or you know you can. <laughs> So oh, oh we're well, back to Magnifico now. You can have this for free, but what part of your soul would you give up? <laughs> when you have, yeah, yeah. What, what part of your soul would you give up? If you want to have this stuff for free. Yeah, watch, we've got to watch Grammarly adverts. They fall into the cortex of YouTube. Grammarly, you need Grammarly. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, the Grammarly adverts are, uh, are annoying. <laughs> but I actually wonder what, actually, I'll tell you what, if you're watching this or listening to this, tell us what adverts you see when you watch our stuff. Because I'm actually I'm actually intrigued to know like what happens what what happens do you, does YouTube smack onto like you know a Netflix versus cinema stuff so find us on YouTube Netflix via cinema or on Twitter Netflix via cinema all right and now we're gonna go back to cinema and we are going to talk next goal wins Sharon you want to take this one away yes this is a film by Taika Waititi I think that's how Taika, you say it Taika Waititi sorry I got it wrong um he is a it's basically about the worst football team in the world, <laughs> which is American Samoa. Yeah. Uh, and they were apparently, I don't know much about um, international football, but apparently there is a notorious game where they were defeated by something like 32 goals to nil. And their dream as a national team is to score a goal. It doesn't matter <laughs> if they win a match, they just want to score a goal. And they are basically the uh, at the bottom of every league, you know, to man. They are the, at every national side. And their national side is made up of players, basically, who sort of are fishermen, who work in the shop. Who they're, they're just like ordinary guys from, you know, they're just like, you play football? You'll do. You can be on the national team. <laughs> that's the feeling you get. We don't know if it is quite that amateur, but that's the feeling you get, that they are just like a... a, a a group of plucky amateurs who are just a no good and so they um and they're so they 
they're desperate to have anyone, anyone who can help them to sort of get them from this this unenviable position position of being the worst team in the world. And so um, into this sort of perfect storm of you know hideousness in their their national game, uh, this man who is a former professional footballer who has got a rage issues, bit of an alcoholic, um, played by Michael Fassbender, who's called yes. Thomas Rongen. He is suddenly thrust upon them. He's 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 part of the American Football League, and he's told you know because um, American Samoa is um, part is is American sort territory. of territory. Yeah, territory. And yeah. so he has been sent by the American League. You know, go there, coach them for a while, and you know, because basically it's that or nothing. You're either out on your ear or you do this. So he goes along there and tries to sort of whip this team into shape. And while he's doing this, it's not just about football. He learns a lot about life, as it were. <laughs> <laughs> so it's that sort of film. Who'd so it have be... thunk it? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so it's, it's you know, he not only discovers the joy of living in this rural community, he discovers about himself as well. And, and so found that the real part, the real magic was inside all along. Yeah, so it's, it's, <laughs> one, bit of, it's one of those. Um, and so there is, as all these films, you know, V for Victory and Escape to Victory, sorry, and The Mean Machine, the British version, and all these other sort of football soccer for non-British, non-whatever people. Yep. Um, uh, there are, there, there you have a big match at the end. So we do witness their big match, which is them against Tonga, who are mm. their arch rivals in sort of this sort of Pacific Islands. And if you can get an arch rival amongst Pacific Islanders, they are it. And so you have this sort of, you know, ultimate contest of uh, between the, the plucky underdog and the sort of their cocky neighbours. Yeah. Oh, so, oh, so that's it. So sports that's, movies. I'm out. I'm out. Sports, <laughs> sports okay, yeah. So I, I know, I know it, it's, it's, based, it's actually based on a documentary of the same name that I have been trying to track down for years. And um, as I said, I've been waiting for this film for quite a few years because I've, I've heard about it. Taika Waititi, I think he actually filmed this film before he made the last Thor film, but it just hasn't been released. And, the, I, and I reckon that the reason it's being released now is because recently Michael Fassbender came back to acting with Ki The Killer, in the, like David, wow. David Finch's The Killer. And that came out and made a bit of a splash. So I think they're like, oh, okay, cool, quick. Why people remember who Michael Fassbender is? Release this in the center. Put, put this out there. Let people know about this. So, yeah, so, Sean, you, oh. what did you think of this? Yeah, okay. Well, I don't think, I mean, American sports films go, uh, uh, do quite well, uh, cinematic-wise. Although, again, speaking to John, because I spoke to John, to Happy John, he says that they don't do quite so well. American sports movies don't do quite so well in this country as they would in in the usa obviously yeah yeah um but anyway so yeah so football movies or soccer movies whatever you want to call them i don't think translate well to to the movies i don't think uh, I, I don't know what it is i don't know why you know um so but and also uh, yeah i, I well fastbender <laughs> <laughs> he looked like he was in the um I don't know. Fastbender's got one. You're 
you're, you're just going to add Fast Bender to the pile, to the growing pile of <laughs> yeah, awards, exactly. award-winning <laughs> actors you think are a pile of fill-in-the-blank. Overrated, yeah, 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 yeah. You write his name on the list and then you put your line through it. It's like, That's I'm it. Yeah. on my list and I'm crossing you out. It's Fast Bender. First, but you get in there with Stanley Tucci. <laughs> you get in there with Stanley Tucci, yeah. Get in there with Stanley Tucci. Uh, who else it is? There's one other person who you just have an absolute... Uh, oh, oh, the, oh the, yeah, the, Jason Clark. Jason Clark. yeah. Mind you, a couple of people I know have problems with Jason Clark. Uh, and I'm, uh, I'm a st- I've am I'm been watching just out of interest, and I know hopefully when it finishes, I've been watching Monarch. And, um, oh, Monarch, yeah, Legacy, yeah, of, Legacy of Monsters, yeah. And I thought it was... Um, I thought it was who was the actor we just said? Uh, Jason, Jason Clark. Clark. Jason Clark. I thought it was Jason Clark, but it's actually Kurt Russell's son. It's Kurt Ru- yeah, yeah, it's Kurt Russell's son. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Wyatt, Wyatt Russell. Yeah. yeah. Russell. But anyway, we we talk about that. That's when it's your finished. only goal wins. <laughs> yeah, it's the next goal wins. I'll just, I just, next you know, Sean, you know what I'm going to do? Uh, one of these days, I'm going to get nice and powerful, and I'm going to remake um, the Magnificent Seven. But I'm going to cast Fassbender, Tucci, <laughs> <laughs> Jason Clark. Yeah. I'm going to be like, quick, give me somebody else. Give me someone else. Oh, I think it's some others. I think it's some others. So, yeah. Um, All right, cool. But, yeah, yeah. So, so on the whole, I mean, I had a few moments of that I chuckled. I chuckled at a few moments. But I find I'm starting to – that. what's his name? Tahiki Watiti? What's his name Ta- again? Taika Waititi. Taika Waititi. I'm starting to find his humour a little bit. It was good to start with with Thor, but I'm and Jojo maybe Rabbit. Jojo it Rabbit. Works. But I think it's starting to get get on my nerves a little bit because it's sort of the same. It's the same. He did uh, a cameo, didn't he? And some of yeah. his cameos again are quite effective. Yeah. And this one, I wasn't getting quite convinced no. by his cameo. No, that's it. Yeah, I know. I know what you guys are saying. I know what you guys are saying about um, Taika Waititi. That it's kind of like I. It, it felt fresh at the beginning, like him, yeah. him. I think him on him and his 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 ideas and his his worldview and everything, like, and his approach. It felt fresh at the beginning, but it feels like it very quickly became a shtick. Yeah, yeah. It, be, it became right, yeah. very very quickly became a shtick, and now it feels like that's all he does. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that's pretty like that, much, yeah. It feels like that's all he does. And there is just something about it that after a while, and I, I, I don't know this for a fact, but after a while, it just starts seeming lazy. It starts mm. seeming lazy and it starts feeling like you're not actually trying or you're just doing what you did before. And, and I've seen this before and it's actually wearing quite thin. And the fact, but he's done some amazing stuff. That's the thing. And I actually feel like he's somebody who could, pr- well, I personally, I don't, I'll, I'll let me not talk for him. Let me just talk about myself. I could do with a break. I could do with a break of a couple of years that hopefully makes me appreciate him a little bit more. And then I come yeah. back and I see that. And so, so yeah, that, so there is, that, there's, there's a bit of me that thought like, you know, for instance, when you're talking about this next goal wins, one of the reasons I want to see it is because I felt like this could be the smaller type of film that I feel could have been a, could be a perfect marriage for his approach mm. like this kind of film could be a perfect marriage for his approach and i really really hope it is but from what you guys are telling me it tells me that i'm hoping in vain <laughs> well you yeah. you, you, you me, may like it you may enjoy it but yeah one of the other people who were there was at the secret screening who i know she goes to all of them with her family uh, apart from and then she if they don't like it they leave they stayed to watch this one and um and on her review of it afterwards she liked it 
um, I was a little bit more in, uh, it was it was entertaining but for me it was quite forgettable it was yeah. one of those films that because I know we were sat there thinking about what was the last secret screening we went to and it was only literally as we left we went it was about something or other. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it took yeah. ages to work out what the film was we'd it seen. Did, it did. <laughs> and I think this is going to be one of those films. You asked me in a couple of months, yeah. what was that film you saw? And I had to look up the name of the film today, and I saw it like four days ago. <laughs> so I know that in a couple of weeks, I will not remember this I film. About and so that. I think it was, it was, it's fine. You know, there, there was one use of, sort of bad language that I thought was probably unnecessary. Um, but I just thought, on the whole, it was quite an inoffensive, you know, mm. It's like a, it's a quite a pleasant way to spend an hour and a half. It wasn't a long film, but it just didn't grab me. There was no spark about it. And I know that he likes these odd pairings, doesn't he? Where he has sort of like there's like Thor and Curb. Yeah, they yeah, have yeah, these yeah, sort yeah, of like yeah. these odd couples. Mm-hmm. And there's a couple of those like where uh, Michael Fassbender he has like this little little lad who sort of is like his sort of runner who he sort yeah, of has yeah. his sort of, he becomes like best pals with. And there's another character who becomes a very pally with, who is um. I suppose to use the modern parlance, he's like a transgender character. So if he would, he sort of becomes quite pale. So you have these odd pairings. And um, and to me, they just didn't have that chemistry. I think they didn't mm-hmm. have that. They don't. They weren't interested as charming as I think he thinks they are. And so to me, it just didn't quite have that spark. It, yeah. was, it was okay. <laughs> but to elevate it beyond okay, I just to me, it just didn't have that. Just that little spark of of joy or that charm or it's just something yeah. to me it just wasn't I think, I think that's, that's it charm is the word charm is the word because at his best his approach is just charming is incredibly yes. charming I, I, I still think Hunt for the Wilder People that is a film that I will defend and I will fight anybody apart about. and again you had that odd couple didn't you where it's just yeah. this, this, Hunt, yeah, Hunt for the Wilder People is connect. a beautiful film. It's a beautiful yeah. film, and it's and the yeah, but it's all right. Okay, cool. Uh, but I, I still want to see the documentary yeah. that it's based on because I think the documentary says that this is just like it's it, everybody who's I heard about says that you fall in love with this group of people who have such like uh such a in in the grand scheme of things such a low stake aim that still means everything to them, means a lot to them. And apparently it's just a really, really quite heartwarming. So, okay. So how many stars would we give Next Goal wins the Taika Waititi version? For me, probably probably three stars. It's okay. Yeah. It's okay. Nothing. Yeah, it's nothing. Like we, yeah three is one of those. It's, it's, it becomes a huge category, doesn't it? Because yeah. I don't think it's as good as my last review, Joe Pickett. <laughs> it's not no. as good as that. But yet, I'd still feel like saying that it's a three, though they're not yeah. on the same path. One is yeah. like a good three, and one of them is like a yeah, it's a three. Yeah, so I that's, think, that's how I feel. So unless it's we, like it, it's a it's a flat three. It's a flat a, three, a three, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe we should have a three point five. I have to admit, I do feel like I do feel like three is the widest rating that we can yes. get because because I'm about to give a three to something. <laughs> <laughs> to something that I I liked, um, uh, for instance, uh, I think was it this or was it? I remember thinking that uh, yeah, oh, okay, I'm about to give a three to something that I oh, I gave three, wish a three. This is on the other end of the three spectrum. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> this is on the like other us, end. like us with this, I guess. Yeah, it's I think we just get we've done this before about how we rate things, isn't it? I think yeah. we should be bolder about giving things a two that are just okay. Yeah. And giving things a four that we yeah. enjoy. 
<laughs> yeah, I, I tend to say four and five for excellence, whereas I think if it's just entertaining, we should just go for a four. So I'm um, part of me is thinking I need to revise how I always assess what well, I would grade things at. To be honest with you, Otherwise, this is something. Three. This is something that I personally have. I I really was going towards a two. I was going towards yeah. a two, but I was, but I, in the end, the thing that stopped me giving this a two, and the, what I'm going to talk about is Scott Pilgrim takes off. Oh yeah. What uh, what um what stops me from giving it a two is I have to admit that it is well made. It is well made, but I, but and I think part of what made me want to give it a two is because everybody raves about it, and when everybody raves about something and I don't get it, mm. and I don't, it really really annoys me because I feel like everybody I don't see what people are talking about, and it feels to me like people are just jumping on a bandwagon and just saying, we must make this thing great. Oh, we must tell everybody it's great. And I'm like, no, it isn't. It is universally <laughs> great. Uh, but, but, and I know this will, this will get you, especially because I saw the trailer for Furiosa this week. Uh, yeah, yeah. So I saw it, but Sean, this is the thing. I felt this way about the last Mad Max movie, which I know you love. <laughs> yeah, I love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but I feel, I feel exactly this way. I was like, everybody is hyping this thing and it's not supposed to be hyped. It's not that great. So, uh, so, I'm, so I'm like sitting here going, okay, fine. And that's why I didn't, that's why I'm giving it a three. So I'll, I'll come out for it. So this is Scott Pilgrim Takes Off. You guys might remember Scott Pilgrim versus The World. Yes, I was, do. Yeah, yeah, I didn't yeah, mind that. I was Edgar Wright, wasn't it? That was Edgar Wright. Yeah, it was Edgar Wright. It was based on based on a series of graphic novels called Scott, uh, well, by a guy called Brian um, Brian O'Malley, and in and that was and Scott Pilgrim versus the World was a film that got hyped to the hilt. That I did. I've tried going back and watching it, and I've, I still don't think it holds together that well. There's something about it. There's something about the slacker pace of it, or anything like that. It has everything in it that I should love. It's very, very video game done. It's kind of like fighting all these bosses with all this. It has a brilliant cast who are all being funny and everything like that. But there's something about Scott Pilgrim versus the world that I just can't get with. And I just don't like and I just think it's overhyped. So this is an animated TV show in which Edgar Wright got gets back and the entire cast. And I'm not joking. The, if there's a character in the film of Scott Pilgrim versus the world, that character is voiced by the exact same person in the TV show. Bearing in huh? mind that the entire cast of um, Scott Pilgrim vs. the World have become incredibly famous. You have Aubrey Plaza, Michael Sarah, Mary, Mary Elizabeth Winstead, um, um, what's the name? No, Brie Larson, who I actually forgot was in Scott Pilgrim film. Uh, Brie Larson comes back to voice a tiny character in this. Brandon Routh, um, Chris Evans, Jason Schwartzman, all of them come back. And that's one of the... And this, the way this starts off, it starts off in pretty much exactly the same way as the film. So you have Scott Pilgrim, he's a slacker who's going out with somebody called Knives Chow, who we're not really entirely sure. Well, where everybody's like, well, you're going out with a 17-year-old, you're 25, you're going out with a 17-year-old. And he's like, well, no, we're not really going out because she thinks they're going out, he doesn't. And then he meets this girl, Romano Flowers, who's kind of like the girl of his dreams, almost literally. And it's about when he starts finding something that she has like seven evil exes. So, so much so, it follows the the format of the film and you're thinking am i just watching an animated remake of the film then there's something changes and then this entire the entire series is kind of like a what if it's kind of like it's like oh what if we change this one thing how do things change and so you have like eight episodes which it is 
going off in a different way. There's still elements of the film in it. There's still seven evil exes and all that kind of stuff. But it's going off in a different way than it did in the in the in the film. A lot of characters who got given short shrift in the film, who you like, you know, show up for one scene and disappear, they get more to do here. But and and quite frankly. It's almost as if they, they've taken Scott Pilgrim and they've switched it so that it's actually more about Ramona Flowers. It's, it's more about Ramona because my, my daughter, my three-year-old daughter, was watching it with me. And after a while, she was like, Daddy, I want to watch Ramona Flowers. Ooh, <laughs> Instead yeah. of saying, I want to watch Scott Pilgrim, she was like, I want to watch Ramona Flowers, which kind of tells you where the, where the, the, mm. the, the, the focus is or where the emphasis is. So it's almost kind of like a different take on the same thing in the film. But once again, I was watching this just going... I'm not sure I'm the target audience for Scott Pilgrim, but everything says I should be the target audience for Scott Pilgrim. But I'm watching this thing and I'm getting annoyed because they're not really moving the story along that quickly. There's huge swathes where, as far as I'm concerned, nothing really seems to happen. They change this thing and move this person over there and that person takes over there and you're like, what was the point of that? And I found myself getting quite annoyed quite frankly i found myself getting quite annoyed especially because this has been hyped to the heavens i know it's going to be hyped to the heavens i know that there's if anybody even watches me talking about this they're probably going to go he doesn't know what he's talking about scott pilgrim's awesome and i'm like it probably is for you but for me i don't quite get it i got annoyed by it by the time it ended i was happy that it ended and i was going to be like you know my visceral reaction even though i think me taking away one of these stars is just a reaction to everybody hyping in and telling me I'm supposed to love it and me not loving it. <laughs> I think that that's part of what's going on here. Um, so uh, that's why I have to come back. I have to be, okay, take some time. Look at it. It is well made. The fight scenes are good, even though I think that those were overhyped as well. Like there was bits where somebody, one, one of the makers was talking about, oh, there's a fight scene in episode two that if we did that in live action, it would be way too expensive. And they were talking about this fight. And I watched this thing and I was like, huh? <laughs> <laughs> but I was like, that, that wasn't that great. That wasn't that great. I mean, I reviewed my dad, The Bounty Hunter Season 2, last week. There's much <laughs> better fight scenes in that, as far as I'm concerned. But, uh, um, but yeah, so I would give it a three. I would give Scott Pilgrim Takes Off a, a three. If you liked the film, then I would say watch it. If you like the film, watch it because there will be something in there for you. It was interesting seeing the way they've played with the story and how you can take the same basic elements and make a totally different story. I think that's actually quite good um, from an intellectual point of view. But sitting down there, I was not really enjoying it, watching it at all. And I was just kind of like, I need to finish this thing, mainly because I can talk about it. If I finish it, then I can talk about it and I can tell everybody why I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> but if I don't finish watching it, I can't. So, um, so yeah, three stars for Scott Pilgrim takes off. Um, so, well, Sean, it would be interesting to see, you said you didn't quite mind the film. It would be interesting to see if you watched this, what you thought about it. Right, yeah. Well, what, what, yeah, yeah, I'll have to try. There's toes, there's so much. I'm sort there of watching is, Doctor Who, I'm watching football. There, there is, there is way too much. Yeah. Way t- I think I have about three things on the go right now, as, yeah. <laughs> as we're talking about yeah. it. And it's, um, and like, as I spoke about, when I was talking, I was talking about Tatain last week. And I was just kind of like, can't be bothered. Can't be bothered. No, no, no. If you're not going to tell me what's happening, I cannot be bothered. <laughs> uh, uh, oh, but, uh, okay, but, uh, okay, I've got to ask you a question, Sharon, about something we spoke about last week. But first of all, who do you think has won this week? Netflix or cinema? I think it's Netflix. I think it's the streaming platform. Okay. Just. I think it might be a tie. Ooh. Ooh. 
I would love, I would love to say that you're both right because it's so close to you being both right. But unfortunately, Sean has got it. And um, yes, Sean has got it. And Eric Winkle Brown has come to the has, has come to the save. <laughs> Eric Winkle save. Brown, yeah. Yeah, he is uh, like, uh, he, he's oh, done it again. Gave it four stars, yes, of yeah. course. He's done it again, Eric Winkle Brown. He he was like a war hero. He's come again and he's come to the rescue of Netflix and Friends <laughs> yeah, yeah, to yeah. pull them out. It was going to be a dead tie, but Eric Winkle Brown brought everything up there. So yeah, that is it. So this week we have Netflix winning. But before we go, Sharon, I have to ask you: Have you watched the bodies yet? No, not yet. Okay, no. cool. Because I was I've been listening- finishing off Joe Pickett, so I haven't watched anything else other than that. Okay, because I was listening to uh, last week's episode. I remember reviewing Bodies and um, saying that it was like right up your street and you had to leave so that I didn't inadvertently spoil anything for you or anything like that. But yeah, I would still, I'll be interested to see what you think about, what you think about Bodies when you finally do watch it. Yeah, I have to put that onto my to be watch list. Yeah. Sharon, I'm going to go and see Godzilla minus one on on Monday. So if you want to come, that's an unlimited screening. I have to see what I think. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to go because this time of oh, year. <laughs> because yeah, because I'm off to Thailand again for Christmas. So. Yeah. Oh, nice, um, nice. So, um, so I yeah. decided to. Uh, say so. Godzilla minus one. That's one of these weird things where it's one of those weird instances where Godzilla. This this Godzilla might actually be seen as an art movie because it's a Japanese. It's a Japanese production. The, the thing is, there was there was a brilliant brilliant thing called Shin Godzilla. I've which, heard of Shin which, Godzilla. Shin, Shin Godzilla, which was. Basically, it was yeah. The the this thing comes, destroys a city like a Titan thing, um, and it was just about the mobilising the defence forces, like the 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 government meetings, the local government meetings, the the health department, the you know public department, the public for works, the army, and all that. And it's I've just, heard that that one's quite satirical. Yeah, yeah. It's sort of it's all you know the what, what are we going to do? Because the thing basically in Shin Godzilla, the thing actually pupates. So like this thing comes through, destroys Ooh. a city, and then. And then becomes a big lava, and it's like, right. what we're going to do? What we're going to do? You know, what happens when the lava matures Catches, or whatever? Yeah. So Shin Godzilla's worth it, but this Godzilla minus one, I think, looks rather good. So I'm looking forward it, to it. I, I like the idea behind it. Mm. I think the idea behind behind Godzilla minus one sounds quite intriguing. Yeah, about, it does. Yeah, it does. Yeah, but like I saw take, the, taking the, it back to the to the 40s or the 50s. Yeah. yeah. There's another Godzilla vs Kong. Yes, Godzilla uh, coming X-Kong, out. I saw yeah. the trailer and oh, I don't know, I don't know. Don't know. It's like that little 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 Godzilla, little sorry, little Kong. I didn't. I don't know if I'm going to like that. I don't know if it, uh, the trailer didn't do it for me. I was hoping it would, but because right. I quite like this universe. But anyway, we'll we'll see what happens. So yeah. all right, we'll we'll see what happens with that. So anyway, in the meantime, do feel free to get in touch with us on Twitter, on YouTube. And let us know what you thought about what it is we said. Uh, is Totin talking a load of nonsense and is Scott Pilgrim the best thing ever? <laughs> Let me know. Come at me. Quite frankly, yeah, you might teach me something. Um, uh, but until that time, until next week, when Sean will go off see um, Godzilla, oh no, was it? Godzilla minus Godzilla one. Minus one and whatever else shows up in the cinemas. Oh, Wonka. Yeah. I think Wonka's showing up. Oh, yeah, Wonka's next. on, isn't it? Okay. That'd, be, that'd be one to take Kemi, wouldn't it? Will you take Kemi for that? Or will she... I, I, uh, Sean, I, I, had a, I had a very, very sad moment this week. I wanted to go see Wish with her. She said, Dad, I don't want to go to the cinema. And my heart fell. Oh. Yes. My heart my heart fell. I think I might just sort of like tell her we're going to get ice cream and then take her to the cinema anyway. It's like, you'll like it once you get there. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. No, child of mine, it's not like it. 
the sweeties, the ice cream. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'm trying to figure out what, what bribe I can give to get her to go to the cinema. <laughs> so hopefully, hopefully, maybe Wonka, Wonka might do it. Wonka might do it. But until next week, when we shall see a variety of different things, come back and tell you whether Netflix has won or cinema has won. It's a goodbye from me. It's a goodbye from me. And a goodbye from me. Thank you so much for joining us. Bye.